Attention Deficit Hyperactivity Disorder, or ADHD, is a neurodevelopmental disorder that can cause higher than average levels of hyperactive and impulsive behaviors and may present itself as extreme difficulty sitting still for long periods of time or trouble focusing attention on a single task. The first recorded mention of ADHD dates back to 1902 when a British pediatrician described children who couldn't control their behavior like typical children. While ADHD is more commonly seen in children, the worldwide prevalence of adults with ADHD is estimated to be 2.5% or 200 million worldwide, with the dominance leaning toward males who are diagnosed three times as frequently as females. My name's Anthony Padilla, and today I'm going to be sitting down with people who have ADHD to learn the truth about this heavily misunderstood disorder. Do those with ADHD simply have an extra step in dealing with and managing their hyperactive minds in order to achieve a life of contentment? Or do they find themselves relentlessly overwhelmed by distracting, impulsive thoughts, leaving them unable to function in the way modern society demands of them? Hello, Jessica. Hi, how are you? Joey. How are you doing? Bex. Hey. Thank you so much for coming on here and teaching me about the world of ADHD. More than happy to. I wish somebody had taught me about the world of ADHD. <laughs> what do you consider yourself? Someone with ADHD? Someone who who may be a little bit more hyperactive or impulsive than you wish? I would consider myself hyperactive, compulsive, and distracted. All the things, right. I'm all the things. <laughs> yes, uh, to both, yes. <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> Can you describe what having ADHD entails? The big thing that I wish I had known sooner was how much it affects executive functions and not just the ability to pay attention, but also the ability to hold a lot of information in your head while you work with it, mm. working memory. It affects self-regulation. It affects our ability to sleep. It affects our ability to set and achieve goals. Can you describe uh, what types of ADHD symptoms you experience? Restlessness, um, as you can see, I'm moving a lot with my hands, kind of shaking back and forth. Lack of impulse control is another one. Like you go out to a store and you have to buy something, uh, I know. I'm guilty of that with Pokemon cards. <laughs> yeah, um, I've been there. Okay, not oh. gonna lie. <laughs> Don't get me started on Pogs. And then another one is just focusing. I'm trying to do animation and sitting there trying to draw and focus on that is the biggest pain in the world. So there are all these TikTok trends now where it's like put a finger down X edition. Every single one in the ADHD edition, I'm like, nah, nah. Mm. yep. Okay, well, about two of them in, I went, oh, hang on. I forgot to listen. What were we doing? And they were like, um, you're going to want to hear what this next one is. Do you ever space out when you're listening to things and have to go back? And I'm like, I'm just going to put all my fingers down. Inattention. Everything distracts me. I, I can't filter out any information. I keep thinking of everything that I need to do and bouncing from one thing to the next. And it's just really hard to focus. It's not that I don't want to, like I know that something can be really, really important, but I will I will sit there and try to, to focus on something that isn't engaging to my brain to the point where I'm in tears. When did you first start exhibiting behaviors that you now know are ADHD? I believe it was around kindergarten. I had a fantastic teacher who was super understanding and she's like, hey, talking to my mom and dad, your kid is very distracting in class. Distracting or distracted? Distracting and distracted. I was <laughs> yeah. a problem for students around me and for myself. And so they would just 
put me in a corner or put me by myself mm -hmm. and be like, okay, don't talk to anybody. Don't interact with people until it's time. Always really, but nobody was worried because I was a really gifted student to the point where when I first sought a diagnosis, I went to our pediatrician and he was like, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. okay, how does she do in school? And I was like, well, she gets straight A's, she's a gifted student. And he was like, she can't have ADHD. And that was the thinking at the time. And it's still the thinking. But the truth is, I always exhibited symptoms. Can you explain how your day might differ from someone who doesn't have ADHD? So when I wake up in the morning, I am trying to think about everything that I need to do for the next couple of days and then attempt to do it all at once. Mm. And generally what ends up happening is it gets overwhelming and then I will kind of not really do anything with my day because I'm mm. trying to do too much. So it's kind of like you can't compartmentalize like this is something that I could do this hour, this is something I could do this hour. Yeah. You think of everything you have to do and then you mm. can't stop thinking about how you have to do all of it at once. Or if there's like a specific thing that's distracting you and you go down that rabbit hole, Mm -hmm. because you can either be focused on many things or you can be hyper-focused on one thing, which may not be the most productive thing. Can you recall any big moments in your life that were clearly shaped by having ADHD? I went to go get a job once, like a proper office job selling copiers. I was really excited because they loved me and they were so cool and I, I'm such an office supply nerd, as a lot of people at ADHD are, because we're tr constantly trying to organize <laughs> ourselves. And they offered me the position, and they were clearing out a desk for me, and they ran a background check, and I was like, like, I'm fine. Like, I was never an external troublemaker. All my issues were internal yeah. for the most part. So I was like, that's great. And they were like, well, no. And I was like, wait, what? <laughs> and they were like, did you know your license is suspended? Your driver's license? And I was like, no, I did not. It turned out the reason my, why my driver's license was suspended was because I had a broken taillight and I got a fix-it ticket, so I went and fixed it. But I forgot a step. I forgot the step of showing them that I had fixed it. And so they didn't know I fixed it. I didn't get that resolved. I wasn't opening my mail because it was under a pile of a lot of other mail. And I explained it to them and I was like, okay, can we get this sorted out? And they're like, we wish we could, but you'd be driving a company car. We have a policy that if your license was suspended for any reason, you can't drive a company car. I'm so sorry. And I was heartbroken, but now it makes sense, mm. A, right. why all of that happened and why I got so many parking tickets and why I got towed so many times and why I jumped into relationships that weren't good for me and ended up getting divorced, why I chased so many careers that I couldn't actually make progress in any of them, this all, makes sense now. I've read enough research and I understand enough now that all of it makes sense. Before I could just blame myself and feel like I was just a up. And yeah, I got distracted and yeah, I took medication, but everything else was just me failing as a person, like failing to be a, a proper human being, I guess. And now it all makes sense. Before we continue learning about the world of ADHD, I wanna reiterate that these videos aren't intended to diagnose any condition or disorder, and I encourage anyone who feels like they may relate to any diagnosis of the guests in these videos to do some additional research and consider a proper diagnosis from a licensed professional. I also hope that topics like this one can help remind us all that due to personal circumstances, backgrounds, and experiences, each individual's world can be vastly different from our own. To see other topics I've covered, like this one including borderline personality disorder, schizophrenia, and dissociative identity disorder, for example, I'll include a link up in this corner. Now back to the world of ADHD. Are there any potentially dangerous aspects to having ADHD? Self-control is a big part of it. It is easier to enable certain issues, such as drug use or addiction, 
or mm -hmm. compulsive shopping. Is there anything that helps ease your ADHD when you're experiencing symptoms that you don't want to experience? I would get hyperactive and I remember just being told to go run outside. Just go <laughs> just, take just a run around run. the cul-de-sac. <laughs> just go outside, move like, your body. If my parents could get me outside doing something focused in my body, I could kind of bring myself back to the ground mm. rather than just being stuck up here. Are there extended periods of time where you completely forget that you have ADHD or is it something that's kind of always there? I have extended periods of time where I just forget everything <laughs> and feel like I'm a little alien rat child wandering around a corporeal plane. Right. As <laughs> I don't know if that's ADHD or what. I don't know if you ever forget it. I mean, for me, it's always been something that's been with me. So it's just how I know the world. It's not as much like, do I forget as much as it is, can I catch myself doing what I would do with ADHD? So therefore it's it's kind of always there. You're always- Always thinking. You're always trying to filter yourself a little bit through the lens of, oh, I have ADHD. I better reel this in. Yep. Do you know if ADHD is something that you develop or something that you're born with? ADHD is highly genetic, like highly. If you have ADHD, it's very likely that one of your parents had undiagnosed ADHD. And that's a mm. lot of how people find out. Uh, there are a lot of adults with ADHD that don't realize that's what they have. And then their kids get diagnosed and then they start thinking. I also have a theory that a lot of the people who are like ADHD doesn't exist, like that's not a thing or everybody has ADHD or like that's just being normal. I'm like, have you gotten checked out? <laughs> like yeah. a lot of people with ADHD don't know they have ADHD because right. they just think they're lazy or dumb or don't care or aren't trying hard enough or any number of other things. When they find out there, there's often that, oh, yeah, okay, that makes sense. How do you feel about the idea that many traits associated with ADHD are advantages in some way? I mean, even now it could be like, oh, you're more creative or back throughout history, our ancestors, those with ADHD were much more likely to notice uh, dangerous things in the distance, to see the, the shiny ripe fruit behind the tree. And there's actually some studies that were done and they, they tested uh, different people uh, who were part of this nomadic tribe. And they were able to see that those with ADHD uh, symptoms were actually better hunter gatherers. Oh, 100%. I mean, for me and my job, it pays off handsomely because my job, our job is forgetting the cameras in front of right. us and, and focusing on the acting, focusing on the scene, focusing on the world, putting ourselves in a different place than our physical body is. And because of my ADHD, I can tune that out, no problem. You thrive on it, in fact. I play characters that don't have ADHD. I play characters that can stand still for hours at a time. And so it's, it's a fun challenge to slow down and sit still and speak methodically and purposefully because it's a game. It's a game to mirror what I've grown up watching, mm. but not have to be that always like I thought I did when I was a kid. Do you remember when you were diagnosed? Mm. Timelines are really hard for me. <laughs> Timelines. <laughs> okay. So maybe ADHD was when I was six, but that might have been depression at five. Um, Oh God, I don't know. <laughs> I like how you were just the poster child of ADHD trying to answer that question right now. <laughs> I feel like myself like, wait a minute, hold on. I was diagnosed, I think in kindergarten. I had to grow up a bit faster than a lot of the kids my age because dealing with the addiction counseling and learning about chemical neuroscience, all that, it was very eye-opening. 
and it put a lot of things in perspective like how all the drama during high school and all that stuff is not really that important. So as a kid, you started having to think about the way your brain works. You had to start thinking about what it could mean for your future instead of just all the video games and relationship stuff that most kids are worrying about. As much as I wish I could have been. So I was diagnosed when I was 12. I ended up getting diagnosed because my cousin was diagnosed with ADHD and then they looked at my cousin's mom and was like, you have a lot of these symptoms too. And then my parents looked at me like, hey, you're a lot like your aunt. Like, let's take you to get checked out. Do you take any medications or anything like that to, to help? The one that worked for a long time was actually a narcolepsy medication. How did that help? Brain chemistry is weird. They, they were using it for narcolepsy and then some ADHD people tried it and they were like, hey, this works for me. And they were like, oh, okay, fine. Let's try it for ADHD people. I took my first dose of Concerta in first grade and then up until seventh grade, I was on that. And then I did the neurotherapy and they're like, this is kind of messing with your head a little bit. And I personally enjoy not being on drugs like that. It made a huge difference for me. I like who I am without that, mm. but I'm starting to realize that it's not such a bad thing because especially trying to focus nowadays, I'm trying Adderall again and took the first pill and immediately felt reminiscent of that time. And I'm like, hmm. I don't know if I want to do this. It must be hard though for you because you have to constantly have that, that internal battle of, do I just want to feel like myself despite myself being easily distracted and whatnot? Or do I want to be able to focus and kind of not like who I am when I'm on this drug? And it, that's also a question of, should I have the willpower to be able to focus myself? Like, is that just me being lazy? or is that actually because there's something chemically different about my brain than yours? Which right. the answer is yes, there is something chemically different. I was given a prescription for Ritalin because it was like, okay, she has ADD, give her Ritalin. And the first time I took this pill, I remember thinking it was like putting on glasses for the first time and realizing I could see. How did that feel seeing the world in a different way? It was amazing. My brain was calmer. I, I didn't have absolute chaos swirling around in my brain. I could focus on what I wanted to focus on instead of what my brain wanted me to focus on. And I even could make friends. I started doing better socially too. I started feeling more confident and it helped a lot. What about some of the lesser known symptoms of ADHD like rejection sensitive dysphoria? Rejection sensitive dysphoria is a term that was coined by Dr. William Dodson based on the fact that we tend to be very sensitive to rejection, which is thought to be part of emotional dysregulation in general. It's not mm. just that we're really sensitive to rejection, it's also that we are really quick to frustration and anger. We're really quick to excitement as well. We mm. feel emotions really strongly because our brains don't really regulate them well. And do you think that that's inherently part of ADHD or do you think that any part of that is growing up and being rejected by so many people because of your traits associated with ADHD uh, can amplify that? The actual rejection sensitivity is heightened, I think, because of the experiences with rejection that we have. But mm -hmm. this is kind of new. We need to do more research on this to really fully understand it. How do you wish our society would perceive and treat those with ADHD? I wish that society understood that having ADHD means we really are working off of a different operating system. Our brains work differently. So you can't expect somebody with ADHD to behave the way that somebody without ADHD would behave. I wish people would let go of the idea that you should be able to yeah. because we don't know enough about the brain and we don't know what someone should be able to do because they're not us. 
Bees Inc. wants to know how you deal with the internal fatigue of masking and that fear of unmasking. Masking is when you try and suppress your natural state of being and your symptoms so that you can fit in. I'm really lucky that since I have this YouTube channel called How To ADHD, I don't have to mask in my daily life, mm -hmm. hardly at all. And I've done that in social situations too. If I feel like my excitement and exuberance gets shut down, I kind of check out. I, I can't do it. And some people are better at it than others. Some people are really good at masking, but it's to me so draining that I'd rather not be there than have to pretend that I'm something I'm not. Ezra wants to know how discouraging it is to hear adults say things like, oh, they have so much potential, but they're just not applying themselves. It hurts so bad to hear that because it feels when, when someone tells you you're wasting your potential or you have so much potential, it makes you feel like even though you're not living up to their standards, it makes you feel like you're wrong for that, which is inaccurate. You are the only one who can judge your own potential. You are the only one who can, you know, live up to your own expectations and you have to accept yourself for where you are and how you and where you get to. And if that's not all the way to the top of your expectation list and it's only here, that's fine. And maybe you'll get to here one day. And if you don't, that's okay. It can be really hurtful because then you go your whole life trying to be the person you're supposed to be. You go your whole life trying to be the person you think you're supposed to be because that's what everybody told you you are. And it was really hard for me when I realized at 31 that I was no longer the person who had so much potential, I was the person who hadn't reached it. That was hard. Were you able to take a moment and realize that all that potential still was there? I knew all the potential was still there, but I hadn't reached it. I didn't know how to reach it. And I was out of time or I was running out of time. You know, I was so behind in life. And I think a lot of people with ADHD do, they feel the weight of I'm behind. So I haven't done the things that I was supposed to do by now. So now I have to do the things I'm supposed to do now and all the things I should have already done. And we take on more and more in an effort to catch up, I think. And it doesn't go well because the same things that got in our way then are getting in our way now and we're trying to do more. So yeah, <laughs> it's, it's really hard. Green Thing wants to know why you think so many women slip through the cracks as children uh, in terms of getting a diagnosis. Young AFAB people, assigned female at birth people, it may manifest in spacing out and just shyness. Mm -hmm. And so they go completely under the radar because it just shows up as you know a shy little girl when really it's a kid struggling. Right, because it's all internalized. Young AMAB people, end up being overdiagnosed because young boys are like it's expected to be hyperactive and so of course this little boy has mm -hmm. ADHD he's mm -hmm. jumping off the walls and it's interesting because society does kind of encourage those young boys to be loud and rowdy and roughhouse and whatnot and then those girls they're encouraging to to be more timid to keep more of those feelings internalized so yeah. that probably explains why it's diagnosed yeah. differently between the two. Because hyperactive AMAB people were kind of the template for the longest time of what ADHD is, mm -hmm. that made it extra easy to overlook anyone who didn't have the same symptoms, including AMAB people with different symptoms, like mm -hmm. the shyer, the lonelier, the sort of more reserved AMAB people would be written off as young boys with personality disorders, not ADHD. Are there any aspects to having ADHD that you are kind of thankful for? The creativity, for sure. Yeah. That 
and being able to kind of strike up a conversation with people. Learning the art of small talk alongside ADHD makes a huge difference. God, I, because I am not a fan of small talk. Oh, it's such a pain. <laughs> so let's do an example right now. You just met me off the street. You never seen me. Hi, how are you? Dude, I'm doing great. How are you doing? I'm doing good. How's your day been so far? It's, it's been pretty good. Unbelievable. Uh, you know, just just pretty food. good? No, yeah. come on, give me some details. You gotta have a little bit more. Damn, and then you hooked me because then you made me want to talk about myself and there's nothing I like doing That's more it. That's than talking it. about myself. If you get someone to talk about themselves and their interests, you got them. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think is the biggest misconception about those who have ADHD. It's not that big a deal. It is. Yeah. It affects yeah. every aspect of our lives. It, it affects our ability to regulate our attention, our emotions, our sleep. It affects way more than people realize. And a lot yeah. of the things that we blame ourselves for or blame our friends or family for, our, our partners, they're not their fault. It's because of the ADHD. All right, you got five seconds to shout out or promote anything you want directly in the camera. Go. Impact Parents, check it out. Um, and Trevor Project. My Twitch channel, JB Average, or my YouTube channel, JB Average. Hopefully there'll be some cool stuff coming up then. We have a brand new website, howtoadhd.com. Check it out. Also our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash howtoadhd, or support us on Patreon, patreon.com slash howtoadhd. Do not forget to like and subscribe to Anthony Padilla. This, this, this glorious human creature in some vicinity nearby. Yes, Me? yes, you, oh, yes. Okay. Look at that gorgeous face. Thank you. Subscribe. Thank you so much, Jessica. I feel like I understand the world of ADHD just a little bit more. You are an incredible interviewer. Thank you. You had the <laughs> Thank best you. questions. After spending the day with these people with ADHD, I've come to understand just how heavily this disorder can affect every facet of one's daily life and how important it is to be accepting and supportive of those around you because you never truly know what may be occurring behind the scenes. See you later. Bye, guys. Press a like. My wife was just talking with my family. Uh, my mom was on the phone. At some point, my mother just goes, oh, honey, it's so cute you think you don't have ADHD. And my wife just goes, what? Just, she's just diagnosing her on the spot. And my poor wife is sitting there going, what? And like- Gonna give her an existential crisis. Exactly! Yeah. This existential the crisis spot. awakening in this poor woman. And my mom's yeah. just there going, and then this, this, this. And I'm like, no, 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 mom, stop. Do you know what you just did? <laughs> that's more than just a discussion that ends here. That's a, that's a bigger thing. Sending me home with this poor woman <laughs> with an existential crisis. Thanks, mom. I will pick up the pieces. Appreciate that, mom. Thank you, mom. You did your job, mom. Thank you, mom. <laughs>